Welcome to the Readerly Report. Your hosts are Gail Weiswasser and Nicole Bonilla. We hope you will enjoy our candid book conversations, recommendations, and observations on the reading life. Thanks so much for joining us. Okay, so welcome to another edition of the Readerly Report. You know, Gail, I have to say to you, because... And I keep forgetting to let you know this, but we are really, really close to 100 episodes. Wow, I didn't even know that. Like, really close. I am just trying to figure out how close. I think this might be episode number 95 or 96. That's exciting. I know. I feel like we should do something to celebrate. We should do something really good to celebrate 100th episode. So put that underneath your hat to think about and our listeners should put should think about that too like let us know in our facebook group or on instagram you know in a dm what you think we should do for our 100th episode cool i love that so we've done com- three complete years of this show august 18th was actually our anniversary so happy belated Aww, third anniversary, anniversary to, to us. us. That's awesome. <laughs> All right. So today we are going to do, is this our third or our fourth? It's probably our fourth. Anyway, we usually do a show that we call Investigating the Hot Books of the Summer. And what we do is we take a look at all the books that got the most buzz and that people were talking about over the summer just to check in and do a little bit of a I don't know, is it, was it worth all the hype kind of thing if we've read any of these books? I guess if they were hyped enough to make it onto our list, and if we did read them, what we thought about them. Right. And there, I took a look at a bunch of different sources, like the magazine lists and anecdotal buzz from online. We looked at what celebrity book clubs were reading. I definitely saw some things that came up again and again, and I have some things that I want to say about some of these books and Gail to get your feedback on some of these, because a couple of these I know that you actually have read. Mm -hmm. Guess what we should do is let's just start going through them. Let's just go back and forth and um, throw out a title that we think is one of the hot books of the summer and offer up any background or commentary or thoughts on it. So I will go first. And this is one that I have read. It was all over the place. (laughs) I know what you're going to say. Okay. What am I going to say? I think you're going to say the Elizabeth Gilbert book. Yes. I mean, how could I not? I mean, it was, it was everywhere. It was like in every single list. L, Bookish.com, Time Magazine, Vanity Fair, Esquire, Good Housekeeping, Harper's. The list goes on and on. This There was not a list that City of Girls was not on. Right. And I was thinking about why this is. First of all, Elizabeth Gilbert can be really polarizing. You know, like a lot of people, it's 50-50 on whether you like Eat, Pray, Love or not. I've heard people say that she destroyed Bali, you know, because of so many people have decided to go and find themselves there. In fact, mm-hmm. I just had a friend who just got back from there. So that's funny. And I, I want to go. My friends have gone. So 
I don't think I'm going to go find myself. I just like Asia, so. <laughs> right. Right. Um, she can be a little bit woo-woo out there. She has this creative podcast that she is the host of. She wrote that book, Big Magic, which I kind of like. I, I apply some woo-woo principles to my life. I feel like they can work, but some people hold that against her. But she's she's a huge name, you know, like so many people resonated with Eat, Pray, Love. I think that this book did so well. It's sort of like it was it was a feel good book. Mm -hmm. You know, I think you really like these characters, whether they were a little bit naive. And even though it is about someone who is really wealthy, there was something about it that New York was really exciting. It's a it's an exciting showgirl time in New York. I think she did a wonderful job describing the costumes or whatever. This wasn't a book that made you feel bad about yourself or with all the things that we have popping up in the news that are disturbing. This mm -hmm. was not one of the, one of those books that was going to make you like think about this. I think she wrote it. She wanted it to be fun and fluffy. And I think she had experienced her own sort of tragedy that she was writing her way out of. And I think she delivered with it. I didn't read this one. It was everywhere. For whatever reason, it, I didn't find the plot appealing, but everybody I know who has read it has really liked it. So, and I haven't read anything by her. So, I, you know, someday maybe I'll get to this one. Can I do a little aside on Elizabeth Gilbert? Did I sure. talk about this on the show already? Maybe I don't know if I did or not, but do you know that she did a, I'm going to, I think it was a Ted talk about her partner dying have you heard about this mm -hmm. at all? You have heard yes. about it. Yes. She okay. had a best friend, I believe. This woman right, was woman. her best friend. And right. I don't know if their relationship began when she started caring for her as she was dying and she realized that she was in love with her and they became like they had an intimate yes. partnership relationship, like they were lovers. Yes, that is what happened. That is what happened. So I, I watched this entire TED video, which was long, like half an hour. And then I was like fascinated by it and started reading the backstory. And I think exactly what you described, that her best friend got sick and Elizabeth Gilbert kind of realized like I am, I have feelings for her that this are more than friendship. This is the love of my life. Right. This is the love of my life. And I think that they, I don't know if they knew initially that I mean, I think they still had hope that maybe she would survive. Like, yeah, I don't think it was like immediately a death sentence. And it was like this, like, I mean, I think, I think they the hope was that it would be a long-term relationship. And then she right. got sicker and sicker and Elizabeth Gilbert, like, like took care of her at the end of her life and left her husband for him, for her, this woman. Now, um, I didn't realize so that she poignant. left her husband because this was the husband that she got or Correct. she married very quickly when she met him in Bali because he, Correct. they wanted to be that's, together. Yeah, that's who ah. she left for her friend. Yeah. It was this talk was so good and it was so sad cuz she talked about like all these stages of the dying and and at one point they thought she was that it was the end and there was this beautiful moment and then it turned out she rallied and it sounded like this woman that she was her partner was this very like um, unsentimental kind of tough woman, and 
the way Elizabeth talked about her was very funny, but so touching. Like I, I was very moved by this and I, you know, I really didn't know much about her and I was like, wait, is this the same Elizabeth Gilbert? And I, you know, looked up the picture. I'm like, yeah, that's totally her. And, uh, mm-hmm. I don't know. I have a, I have a very different appreciation for her now that I've watched that video. So I'll, I'll put a link to that when I do the show notes for this show. And yeah, if you have a half an hour, yeah, watch it. And you know, she did it from memory. Like, I mean, she may have had a teleprompter that I couldn't see, but like she was a very good speaker and it was so heartfelt and I, I don't know, very interesting. I just didn't know about it. So I just wanted to, to add that to the conversation about city of girls. She has such great energy. I've met her a couple of times briefly over the years. I I don't remember if we were together. Yes, yeah, so at Penguin one of Penny. the events that Penguin had, where we met her, she was yeah. talking something about having a big party on rollerblades with cake. <laughs> I, mean, <laughs> I don't know. She just has that kind of um, fun, exciting kind of energy. Yeah. Anyway, so well, good. I'm the, the funny thing about talking about this book is that I was at a party. And someone was asking me what I read, and I recommended this because I thought it was really good. You know, just like a good escapist read, and they just went on and on about like, I don't know, different... Somehow the conversation got political around her. You know, because like I said, people... She's polarizing. Mm-hmm. It was interesting. Yep. Just like, no, this is just... This was just really, you know, good. It didn't touch on anything that is going to be life-changing. I think some of the points that she did make about New York is that people have always been, um, I guess, uh, marching to the beat of their own path and finding, finding kinship amongst strangers, building family, people coming together who are different, you know, like that is nothing new, I think is the point of this book. So, yep. My hot book of the summer that, was everywhere and still continues to be everywhere is Fleischman is in trouble by Taffy Brodesser Ackner. I have and, that on my list to ask you about because it was okay. everywhere too. It was everywhere. And it seems like everyone I know is talking about it. Everyone has read it. I feel like I should read it now. You should read it. I really think you should read it. I re- I liked it a lot. Um, I, I, I know that some people don't like it. I really liked it. I thought it was, smart and funny and incisive and very well done. There's an interesting sort of diversion of, of narrator narrator uh, that takes place in the book that I know people are sometimes confused by, or they question, they don't understand why it's there. I have a particular opinion about why she put that there. And I thought it, it really added to the book and made it better. Um, I won't get into that too much because I don't want to spoil anything, but I liked this one a lot. I read it pretty quickly. I, it has stayed with me. There's a lot in that book to think about and delve into. It's all about divorce and modern relationships and um, sex, and it's just really good. I liked it a lot. It's, <laughs> okay. I think all it, the hot topics. <laughs> all the hot topics. I think it deserved the hype, and uh, – it got some staying power because people are still talking about it. And I, you know, looking back on the books, does it deserve it? My, my response to that is yes, it does. I mean, I was just looking when we were, when I was, you know, kind of researching all these lists and looking at all these lists and reading little blurbs about it here and there. I was just thinking, Oh, why, why haven't 
Why haven't I read this? <laughs> yeah, it I think you'd like it. on the Vanity Fair list. I mean, it was not on every list like City of Girls was, but I think that it was on a good half of the list that I've read. And I've seen it a lot on Instagram with people chiming in that they did read it and enjoy it or that they were planning to read it. Um, mm-hmm. So, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I thought it was good. Liked it a lot. Okay, so the next book on the list I want you to chime in on because it's Searching for Sylvie Lee by Jean Kwok. I have a feeling, I mean, we have been reading Jean Kwok, like I have read Mambo in Chinatown. You read her first book. Was this her fourth novel? I feel like I've read two of her books. Um, This is number three. This is number three? Girl in Translation, Mambo in Chinatown. Okay, so I've read Mambo in Chinatown. You've read, you are a completist for Jean Claude. I am a completist. I am. Woo! Um, I have a feeling that the thriller aspect of this one was the one that put it over the edge. She usually writes these really moving family stories. Usually it's heavy on just how it is to build a life, um, usually as a Chinese immigrant centered in New York. This one seemed like it had a little bit more of a broad perspective in terms of it took place in a couple of different locations. There was a college student who went missing. And so it had that thriller aspect to it, which I think was why it was all over the place. It was also, which talk show oh, was this the Jenna. book club pick for? Read with read Jenna. With, yeah. Jenna Today Show. Okay. So, and that yep. gave it a big push as well. So, what do you think, having read the book and having read all of other of Jean's other books, what do you think made this one so resonant and made it, you know, why is it on so many lists? I think that you're right that the, the uh, thriller element to it gave it broader appeal than maybe her earlier books, which are more literary fiction and kind of immigrant experience. This certainly has a lot of immigrant uh, stories to it, um, feeling like you don't belong, feeling like the other. This was probably actually the one I liked the least of her three because... Uh, of the thriller not, aspect? Yeah, because it's just I'm not like... I don't tend toward thriller books as much as I do other genres. So uh, I think for me, like I really liked it and the, the parts I liked the most of this book were the parts that had to do with cultural identity and had to do with the family relationships and the parts that were more of the mystery being solved. Those are the parts that I sort of sped through a little bit, just because again, that's not the type of thing that I get super into, but um, I am thrilled to see that it got the attention that it did. I'm thrilled that it, you know, will give more attention to her backlist titles. And I'm was really happy to see it on the list just because I think it's a really like high quality, well-written book. So that was sort of my pick for you. Was it, was that one of the books that you had on your list? It was on my list. Yep. Okay. Yeah. So you've just done two. Yeah. So but you read Sylvie, next, right? I didn't read it. Didn't oh, you read haven't it read yet. it yet. Yeah. I think it was like, and I like the fact that like I follow the read with Jenna Facebook page and I like the fact that she got into some issues that aren't always in, featured in some of the more popular books. 
Um, right. And, you know, I like that it was set in the Netherlands and I like that the protagonist wasn't white. That, that all made me really happy. All right. The next book on my list, since I sort of set Gail up <laughs> Did for one hers, of mine, fine. <laughs> one of yours that I have not even read is yeah. Three Women. It is all over the place. It's Lisa Tadeo's narrative nonfiction work of three different, of the sexual lives of three different women. They're very rooted in incidents in their teenage life, and it's just tracing recent relationships they've had and how their sexual development may have, how it's, how it's been shaped by their, their experiences. This book has gotten so much buzz. I think I remember on the show saying something like, I don't know, some author had blurbed it about it being like the definitive book of its time and just such heavy, heavy praise and hyperbole was thrown at it. Many people really, really love it. It is, it's, it's interesting to read because it is written as if it is a novel. Like she writes so closely to each of these characters and each of their, of these women's voices that it does seem like, you know, she's setting up. It's like, yeah, it's like being in a novel, like the scenes with their families and what they do and the experiences that they have. So you get a sense that you really know these women. I don't know. It, this did not, this book didn't resonate with me in any, any of those ways. I don't know if it's because I'm tuned into these issues or I just felt like the stories, not that they aren't, it's almost like these were not remarkable stories. And I think that that is the point because she is relating the lives of everyday women and it's sort of how relationships assault their relationships. I almost want to say that there's, you could make the strong argument that patriarchy affects women's lives and women's personal and, and sexual histories a lot more than you think about. Mm-hmm. I think for me, these stories, it was just kind of like, I don't know if there's just been too many, too many conversations around these topics that none of it was really shocking for me. I didn't feel like she chose a panel of women that were very different from each other. I mean, there was some socioeconomic difference between Maggie, who was the young woman who had a relationship with her teacher and later decided to bring charges against him for sexual assault and then the other women, like one, these stories, two of them are sort of set in the Midwest or the Western part of the country. And then one is up in, in the New Hampshire main area, and she is more well to do. So just in terms of diversity, I guess, in terms of wealth or, or race or even, like I said, one woman was not very well off and she was the student. The other two, one was middle class and the other was more well to do. But there just was not like a diversity of the choices of women that we heard about. Yeah. I don't know. There was a sameness about it for me. I think that people were just like <laughs> really fascinated by the women's stories and their, and the, just that being a fly on the wall on these relationships. 
I don't know if there's ever been a book that I was that excited to read that I did not read right away. Like, I mean, like I sought this book out so much at book expo. I was so intrigued and excited by it and it's still just sitting in my room and I haven't read it. I think part of it is because your reaction to it was not like as enthusiastic as maybe I would have hoped. Um, but I don't know what my problem is. Like I really want to read this book and it's just sitting there. I think that you should read it. I mean, you'll probably yeah. really enjoy it. I mean, it's like, it is it is fascinating in terms of, I want to say it's fascinating, but at the same time, I want to say that I've heard so many relationship stories like this, where you guess, get caught in a loop with, a you know, when you're caught in a loop with a guy, when you marry someone too young, when, you know, it's because of unresolved feelings from something else that's led you into a life that maybe you would not have chosen not being able to break that path. Mm -hmm. I think Sally Rooney's normal people treads similar ground as this, like these relationships that you you develop when you're young and the choices that you make, maybe because there was an assault there or there's something going on in your family. You know, Mm -hmm. I mean, I just felt like not that stories, (laughs) as I think about fiction or whatever, it's not that any stories are radically groundbreaking. So I'm not sure what it was that I was expecting from this or whatever, but maybe I don't know. I guess maybe it's just like too many, too many brunch conversations with people who are just in terrible relationships that they need to end yeah. and hearing the same thing over and over again. It kind of felt like that to me. So maybe you felt like this wasn't novel to you because you hear this anyway. Yeah, I wonder if it's, you know, like I wonder when I went to the Swallows Book Club and there was a woman there who was from Alabama somewhere. She wasn't from a big city in Birmingham. I think she's like from outside of Birmingham or and she was just talking about how some of the things in the novel really shocked her in terms of going on in high school. And she felt like it was like a really East Coast elite kind of book. And so I wonder if, you know, maybe I just, you know, have heard and read too many of these stories and heard them in high school and heard them in college. And I'm just kind of like, okay, so yes, she's in a shitty relationship. What is the big deal here? You know? Right. Right. I just don't see what the surprise is. I'm like, haven't, haven't you heard these stories? Yeah. So I don't know. Now I want you to read it just so you can tell me like, I thought Maggie's story was the most fascinating. I mean, it's not like they weren't interesting. Maybe it was the sexual detail that was too much. I'm not sure. I just can't quite put my finger on why this book was not that. All right. I'll definitely read it so that we can have But it's everywhere. So yes, the women of Bad on Paper podcast, they listened to it. I mean, they read it. They loved it. They also had the author come on. I think that the issues that this book brings up and women start to talk about is probably very healing or it just makes you think about things. But yeah, I just feel like there are not things that I haven't been thinking about. So I was just kind of like, not sure what the big deal is here. Yeah. Okay. All right. So what's next? All right. My next book is Evie Drake Starts Over by uh, Linda Holmes. And this was another summer read and very much billed as a summer read. And I loved it. So I will 
confirm or affirm its place in the summer 2019 fiction pantheon. Uh, I thought this was a really fun book. It was about uh, this woman who lives in Maine. She is a widow, um, but that doesn't really tell the whole story about her marriage. And um, through a friend, she gets a tenant uh, in her apartment. She's got like a connected apartment to her house. And her tenant for the summer is a guy who used to be a, a pitcher for the Yankees who has what's called the yips, which means he can't pitch anymore. He can't hit his target. And he's basically his career is over. And it's about these two people who are disappointed and lonely and frustrated with the way their life is and the relationship that develops between them. Some people call it a romance. I do not think it's, I wouldn't, I mean, there's definitely a romance in it, but it's not a romance book. And I really love this book. So I highly recommend it. it Romance, you think? I've seen it billed as a romance. I actually heard her speak about it, and she said, "You know, she has seen this book called Romance." And someone asked her, "Well, how do you feel about that?" And she's like, "You know, I really don't care what people call the book. Like, call it whatever you want, as long as you read it and enjoy it. That's all I care about." So, um, but I have seen it on on some list called a romance, and I, I kind of agree. What does it matter? What you know? What the genre is, but. It it was really sweet. And everyone I've recommended it to has really liked it. It's a quick read. It is not heavy, although it's not like super light and fluffy either. There's a lot of real, real sadness and issues in it. So that is Every Drake Starts Over. And I enjoyed it quite a bit. So I got this book. When I got this book, I gave it to my aunt because she likes like light romantic kind of reads. Mm-hmm. And it just had this cover that says, oh, this is a book that my auntie would like. <laughs> Did she and like I gave it? it to her and she loved it. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you'll read it in like a weekend morning. Uh, <laughs> it was just, it was just super sweet. I liked it a lot. Oh, uh, what else did I see all over the place? So next on my list is The Wedding Party by Jasmine Guillory. Her books are all over the place. Now she's just really hit a moment. Roxanne Gay really liked her books. I knew people who wanted to read her books because Roxanne Gay recommended it. I was one of them because I was like, oh, maybe this will be romance with a little bit more heft to it. But mm-hmm. they, they're, but they're romances. There's no like, so I have to be in my romance mode when I read mm-hmm. these books. Mm-hmm. She has one coming out though that's about, that's set in in London that I'm excited about that's coming out this fall. I have but this a question book was, for you. It was it, all over it, the place, and people thought it was really sweet. So is this okay. is this related to the proposal? They're all loosely related because it's one of those that the characters knows each other. Characters know each other. I think they're related. Probably, you can read them as standalones. I think they're probably loosely. Loosely related in the way that you described to me that Catherine Center's books are. Like either the characters are friends or in one you'll meet one and then they go off. Okay, in but it's not a books. sequel. Mm. Like you, you I'm can, not sure. You can definitely read I think that The you Wedding can Party. Read, I think that you can read The Wedding Party. But I think guests, oh not guests, yeah some guests at this wedding met or maybe it's the wedding of someone in the other book and it's their friends who are meeting so i don't think you have to but i think you could read them in order okay 
I mean, I read the first one, and I was going to read this one. I was thinking, well, should I read the proposal? But then people start getting into which of the ones that they like better and if they're kind of similar. So I just might read the one where the London one, the the holiday. It was a right. holiday. I have to look it up. So, okay. But Jasmine Guillory and a bunch of others are having a moment. Yeah. Would you? Okay. You haven't read The Hating Game, right? Mm-mm. I wonder if it's kind of similar to that. It's definitely a romance, but it's maybe a little. But you love that, right? I did love that. It was, I mean, it was really, <laughs> it was really fun. Yeah, that's a good one. I didn't like that one as much as the second one that I read by her. And I'm forgetting both the name of the author and the name of the second book. I think that you should read these if you like The Hating Game. Yeah, I think I should too. I think I have I one want, of them gonna, at home. I have the proposal at read, home. You have the proposal? I'm going to read Royal Holiday. That's right. the one that's coming out October 1st, and it's the one about someone who, who's never been out of the country, but she she's invited on her daughter's work trip to England to style a royal family member. And then I think, I don't know, she meets someone and falls in love or someone who's working with them. Can I start with the proposal? Is that all right? I think you can. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I think that's the one I have now. I mean, all you need to know about the first one is that they meet, they're going to end up together, and they had lots of sex. They hmm. met in an elevator in the first one. <laughs> I think the one, yeah. It sounds like the, the hating pro- game. The it's proposal, funny. though, I feel like is is not as linked as um, the wedding party and the first one are more linked than the proposal is. Okay. I'll have to check at home and see which one I have. Oh, I have to tell you something, Gail. Yeah. Because Sarah DM'd us on Instagram. Uh-oh. About. Do we get some She home? wanted to clear up when we were talking. We Oh, which one of them? <laughs> the, yeah, which one of them read. And Sarah said that she had not read it, but that she was going to read it. Well, I can't even remember what book we were talking about. It's the one where the people set themselves, the they burst into flames. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So Sarah says, it was me about the new Kevin Wilson. I had not read it yet, but was nervous about it. Why I decided to give it a chance was that good read, read, reviews said readers were skeptical for the same reason, but that fire thing was really well done. She said she's I think she's reading it, it now. Yeah, 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 I saw that on her blog. And she said she'd keep us posted. Okay, oh good, I'm glad she weighed in. Hi Sarah, thanks for uh, filling us in. Right, I said, well, Gail will probably like that, especially if you like it. I said, but I, I think that's too weird for me, even if it's well done. <laughs> Got it. Flames. Okay. So my next book that I did read was a hot book this summer, The Mother-in-Law by Sally Hepworth. Also a thriller-ish, psychological thriller. I read that one in the beginning of the summer. This is the one about the woman who, a mother-in-law who is kind of distant and hard to get along with, but then she's found dead. And the question is, who killed her and why? And of course, there turns out to be a number of people who potentially had a reason to want to see her dead, including her own kids. So what's the resolution and how did she die? Um, This book has really not stayed with me much at all since I read it. So I think I read it in June, May or June. And I'm just, I don't know, it was pretty forgettable to me. And it kind of has also merged in with some of the other, like that book that, oh, the um, 
it's that book I read about the 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 Sandy Jones book. Just blanking on what that's called. Um, also Sandy about book. the mother from mother in law from hell. Oh, okay. It's uh, the other woman. Um, those two blend in a little bit because they have kind of a similar setup, like mother in law from hell, daughter in law, you know, difficult relationship, and then you know, is everything. See, that and it you seems. recommended that I read those, so I liked. I, yeah, I think. <laughs> I think I maybe would recommend the other woman over the mother in law. The mother in law was like maybe more relationship fiction than thrillery, but I don't know. It was fine. It was pretty forgettable. I just like if, if we're, if we're using this podcast to look back on the summer books and decide what stood out to us and what merited being hyped as much as it did, I'm not so sure that I think this one did. I didn't see that on many of my lists. I feel like that was a a spring book more, more so than, it came out right after Book Expo. So I don't know if we if I call that summer or spring here. I'm going to look it up right now and see when it was published. Because I remember get, talking to the uh, St. Martin's I think Press it was already people. out, though. Let's see. That may be possible. Um, so maybe it was a spring book. Let's see. Sally Hepworth. It came out... April 23rd. Oh, okay. So I guess it was a spring book. So by summer it had faded. Yeah, definitely faded for me. And maybe that's part of the problem is it's, I just read it longer ago. Um, so my next one is The Nickel Boys by Colson Whitehead. So this is his follow-up to The Underground Railroad, and that was The Underground Railroad seemed like it was his masterpiece in the making it came out to such acclaim this book he's taking on boys reformatory school i believe in is it florida i want to say and it's about these teenagers one has a very i guess he's more skeptical about the country and its workings and and their situation and someone and the other boy is the main character who has been sent to this reform school called, I believe it's like Nickel Academy. And that's why they call them the Nickel Boys. But he has a more optimistic view of their situation and what the world holds for them. And of course, it is the book is about how they are able to go through their experiences in this reform school, which is has a horrible reputation for ruining boys' lives. And basically this is something that's based on, it's um, based on a true reform school. This is a follow-up book, like I said, and it's also one that's dealing with race relations and I guess racial injustice and how it shows up in this, in this reform school. So he's looking at the issues of racism and prejudice. I, he made some comment about he still wants to explore these issues. And it's kind of interesting to see his transformation. I mean, not that his novels, I think, have always sort of bordered on that because Sag Harbor was loosely based on his upbringing. Sag Harbor is in Long Island. 
it's it's not it's adjacent to the Hamptons, so it sort of gets that some of that same kind of traffic. And he talks a lot about how different it is because so there's a black part of Sag Harbor and then there's a white part of Sag Harbor. And it was about them growing up. And then, of course, there's the one that he did about zombies. Mm-hmm. So he was definitely doing some different things. And now he seems like he's found his niche and he has some things to say about race. And he has over these last few books. And, of course... Under this president specifically, it seems like everything is just so so much more of a hot button issue. Mm -hmm. It's on my list to read. I've heard nothing but good things about it. It's a really short book. Mm -hmm. I'm looking forward to reading it. I can't weigh in on, you know, how worthy I think the title will be, but it's all over the place. I haven't read it yet. I, I, I also did not read Underground Railroad, but I did read Sag Harbor. And I've had on Underground Railroad, I was scared off by the violence. Because I've heard it was really graphic. Well, I don't think, I don't know, you know, if you don't like graphic, I don't know that this will be great. Mm-hmm. boys reform school <laughs> and the abuses that are being perpetrated there so yeah, I'm kind of guessing it's, it's in the 1960s not. in the Jim Crow South so yeah it could also be very traumatic yeah. I don't know yeah my vi- my threshold for violence is a little bit higher American prison was the one that just oof. yeah yeah My next book is one that I have not read, but that I want to get, and I've been unsuccessfully trying to swap for it. And I know you were interested in this one too, but I don't think you've read it either. And that is The Gifted School by Bruce Holsinger, which I know- Oh, I have it though. But you have it, right? But you haven't read it yet, right? I haven't read it. Yeah. So this is a book that um, I think takes place in LA and it's about um, a group of parents who are trying to get their kids into a gifted school that has recently opened. I believe that it was a book of the month pick. It was. That's where I got it. Yep. And it got good reviews and I really want to read it and I haven't read it yet. Okay. So that's on my list. Yeah, that's another one that's really timely. We had several scandals related to college admissions. Mm -hmm. And then there was that, Sidley had a scandal, right? Where admissions or counselors walked out of the school because they were being harassed by parents. Yeah, Sidwell, yeah. I'm thinking of the law firm. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, Sidley and Austin. Yeah, it's like bad behavior by parents who are desperate to do things to get their kids ahead. So you're right, the admissions scandal... What happened at Sidwell, this just kind of this book hit at a good moment for that type of story. Which of course is ironic because it's always like, oh, affirmative action and those kids are taking up the places in the schools and just look at these parents. So Right, right. Why don't we briefly to wrap up the show, because Gail and I are kind of <laughs> recording on the edges of, of our time. <laughs> That's a good way to describe it. Yeah, you want to just quickly uh, go through the list of whatever's let's left? Let's quickly go through some the lists. And, you know, I'm going to name some things that have come up a lot. And you're going to, we're going to both weigh in on whether we want to read it or not. Okay. So, A Mrs. Everything by Jennifer Weiner. <sighs> I got that at Book Expo. And everyone said it's great and it's 
deeper and heavier than her other books. And then I heard people who were like, eh. So I don't know, maybe someday. It's on. It, it's not a book I would give away, but it's also not like high on the list right now. How about you? Yeah, I don't want to read it. Okay. I'm good. You're good. On Earth, We're Briefly Gorgeous. I've seen everywhere. 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 I don't know. For whatever reason, again, like it just, I haven't been like motivated to pick it up. How about yeah, you? it was one of those books that I had read the description of it and never sticks, but it wasn't like, oh, I want to read that. Yeah. I don't know. We'll, we'll see. What is the fact pattern on that one? Like, what's it about? I don't know. I don't know why. As many times as I read the description of this book. Yeah, it doesn't stick, right? It doesn't not just stick. Me. I was I, I I think that's part of the problem is I keep reading about it and I still can't tell you what it's about. Here, I'm okay, so it up what right it now. says is is a letter from a son to a mother who cannot read, written when the speaker, little dog, is in his late twenties. The letter unearths a family's history that began before he was born, a history whose epicenter is rooted in Vietnam and serves as a doorway into parts of his life. His mother has never known, all of it leading to an unforgettable revelation. I mean, it has a great title. Brutally Honest Exploration of Race, Class, and Masculinity. This author, he's been on a bunch of different shows. He seems like he's really charming. He's getting, it's very buzzed about. It was on all the lists, Vulture, Entertainment Weekly, BuzzFeed, mm-hmm. Oprah.com, Huffington Post, just everything, everywhere. So I think when I see the author, I'm just like, oh, I want to read that book. But then I never remember what it's about. <laughs> yep. Yep. Okay. I'm getting caught up in the hype, but it, it's on the edges of my, right. it's on the peripheral. Right. Patsy is on a lot of lists and I'm reading it now and I, I like it. I mean, I, I love this author. I think she does a really good job with the letting us into the, you know, what it's like to live in Jamaica and the issues that just the experience of growing up in Jamaica and maybe being an immigrant to the United States and how they're juxtaposed against each other. She does a great job. I love her characters. Her books are really good. You should read them, Gail. You'd like them. Yeah, I know. I want to. The I gifted have, I I mention. Yep. Inland. Everywhere. Taya Obrit. Everywhere. It's sitting on my shelf too. I don't know. I, I, I didn't read her first one, so I don't have much frame of reference on this one. Okay. But it sounded good. Things you save the in a fire. Oh, I'm reading that right now. Oh. I'm doing it on audio. Yep, I just started it. Um, and it is classic Catherine Center. It is readable and funny and, you know, not the heaviest thing ever, but I'm enjoying it. So I'll be able to weigh in more with more detail after I finish it. But I'm doing it on audio. That's the Therese Plummer narration. And um, so far, it's good. I'm maybe like 50 pages in. Trick Mirror by Gia Tolentino. I've never even heard of it. Really? I'm thinking of making it one of my book club picks. Oh, okay. What's it about? It's one of those that I don't remember. I (laughs) want to say, is it essays? Oh, God, please don't pick essays. (laughs) Trick Mirror, Reflections on Self-Delusion. I think these are going to be good. Okay. Even though I can't remember. (laughs) I don't remember what they're about. Do I get a veto? I can't remember. How does this work? We can each put a book 
sent a book for our book club, but the other person has a veto. But it has to be like for a very strong, very strong reason. Like I will just never read this book. Sorry. Okay. Got it. Okay. Can't take the veto. But this says it's an enlightening, unforgettable trip through the river of self-delusion that surges just beneath the surface of our lives. This book is about the incentives that shape us and how hard it is to see ourselves clearly through a culture that revolves around the self. It is essays. I don't know. I might not pick it just because it's essays, but I do really want to read it. Okay. People are saying such interesting things about it that I, that even if I have to go it alone, Gail. Okay. Is there still sex in the city? I am not really interested in that. I don't know why. I just, I've never read any Candace Bushnell. It sounds like chiclet to me and I just haven't like ever done it. I think it's essays. I think she's talking about dating sex in, in New York City in, in their 50s. Yeah. I, 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 I have a copy of this book. Someone sent it to me. I guess the publisher sent it to me. But I don't think I'm their audience for it. And I never watched Sex in the City. Oh, you didn't? People always, no. They're always like, do you remember that episode when Carrie or Samantha? And it's like, no. Didn't watch Friends. Um, yeah, I didn't watch any of those. Oh, my God shows like a pop culture vacuum can i assume then you are not watching the 90210 reboot no <laughs> are I'm you watching, yes i really like it i know it's crazy yeah, i'm two I, episodes in i really like it i don't know did you have any others how could have, she was on so many lists what is that i don't even know that book Really? I feel like you've probably seen the cover. I always realize the cover. There were several books, as you can now tell by this podcast, that I saw the cover for. They sound interesting, but for whatever reason, like you're saying, what they're about just does not, the summary does not stick to me. Yeah. Is that one of them? It's this orange book with like huge font. I know you've seen it. Yep. I don't, that didn't register with me. The one that's on my list that I did not read that I want to read that I've heard nothing but good things about is the most fun we've ever had by Claire Lombardo. Oh, that was on a, that was, that was on a lot of lists. Yeah. And I know people who have really liked that book. So I, I want to read that. I don't think I own it, but I, I would like it. What's that one about? I think it's about a family. Um, let's see. See, this is really funny. So, how could she? Every time I read the the summary for this book, I'm like, oh my gosh, I want to read this. And then I just never remember what it's about. What is it I about? I feel like a goldfish. <laughs> <laughs> what is it about? After, after a devastating breakup with her fiancé, Geraldine is struggling to get her life back on track in Toronto. Her two old friends, Sunny and Rachel, left ages ago for New York, where they've landed good jobs, handsome husbands, and unfair, unfairly glamorous lives, or at least so it appears to Geraldine. Sick of watching them from the sidelines, Geraldine decides to force the universe to give her the big break she knows she deserves and moves to New York City. So she gets there, and of course their lives aren't as charmed as she thinks they are, or as they would have had her believe. You know, one is trying to get it together as a new mom, writer, and wife. Hmm. And uh, how is it that she was more confident and successful 
at 25 than she is at her mid-30s. Hmm. Actually, and sounds good. Why are they... <laughs> Suddenly, well, yeah. Why are they su- Why are they suddenly hanging out without Geraldine? Hmm. Okay. It says Does it's an essential novel of female Geraldine? friendships. Is it you know, set? Is I it mean, take place now? Yeah, I feel yeah, like it's, they mentioned being an influencer. She's trying okay. to find. She's trying to find her footing in a world of influencers and media, media darlings. I just feel like nobody's named Geraldine anymore. It just seems like a strange well, choice. Not- yeah, not if you're anyway. Yeah, if you're in your twenties, I don't know. Okay, well, the most maybe fun- maybe no one calls him Geraldine. Maybe they're called like something chick, like Jerry. Yeah, that could be. All right, because I raised it. Uh, the most fun we ever had is a family saga. The messiness of fam- oh, that's right. The messiness of familial and romantic love. It's about this this couple who's been inseparable. They've been married for forty years, and then they've got four daughters who all have different dysfunctions, and they all keep comparing their own relationships to that of their parents. But I've heard this one's really good. I I don't think I have this at home, and I want it, so I'm gonna have to swap around for it somehow. Okay, we can't end the show without me giving a plug for um, Logger Queen of Minnesota, which also was a hot book this summer. I saw that on a lot of lists, and I really like that one. So that's J. Ryan Straddle's second novel after Kitchens of the Great Midwest, and it's about um, older women in the Midwest who, or in Minneapolis who are uh, brew, um, who one of them owns a brewery and then it's about her estranged sister who also sort of finds her way to a competing brewery. And it's about kind of about finding your way. And, um, I don't know. It's about family and kindness and the beer part of it is it's there, but it's not a huge part of the book. So plug for, um, lager queen of Minneapolis of Minnesota. And I think that's everything I had on my list. There are a ton more that were mentioned everywhere. Ask Again, Yes, has been everywhere. It's a book of the month pick. It was on several lists. Gail has picked it to be one of our book club books. We haven't figured out the order, but as she alluded to earlier, we've decided that you know how Gail likes to pick the books for her book club, so we're shaking it up. We're each going to get picks, you know, like, so we'll announce them four at a time or whatever. So two will be mine and two will be Gail's. And out of those four books, you only get one veto. And it has to be for like a really good reason. So, you know, I could theoretically choose a book about space aliens or something else (laughs) that Gail hates. And she can only veto one. <laughs> and I can pick a captivity book. Right. Or you can make a book me read, with, a, you can with say, five white women on the cover. And you're going to have to right. read one of them. <laughs> oh, oh, my gosh. <laughs> but I won't because I'm a nice no, person. No, I think we will, for the most part, play nice. I yeah. think that we will probably choose books that are on the edge of, you know, like, may cater to one of us, but, you know, yeah, no, I, is in it, the it, realm of possibilities for the other. We're the not goal like is not mean. to torture each other. The goal is We're to, not have mean. A, yes, right. to have a discussion <laughs> about a book that we each like. So to that end, September 26th, we will be airing our most recent pick, which is 
The Real Michael Swan by Brian Reardon. I just wrote a, made a little video about it, so you can go to our Facebook page for the Readerly Report or for Readerly Report readers. It's in both places. And a little plug for The Real Michael Swan. I would say I'm about a third of the way through that. That is a thriller, so you should know that going in. And um, that will be our next book club discussion. So apparently Brian Reardon is really excited that we're reading his book. Yes. He is... He's on pins and needles until we say whether we like it or not. <laughs> exactly. I'm going to post the video on Instagram as well. Oh, cool. Okay, good. We'll make our triumphant return to Instagram because I fell down a hole once I got the new job. It happens. Yeah. We are just people. We are human. If, we were, if, if you and I were each making as much money from this podcast as we made from our day jobs... Then, oh my God! Uh, it would be a different story, but unfortunately, that's not the case. So <laughs> we both have to have other commitments in our lives. But we do our best. I'm very proud that through all of this, we have had an episode. I think. I mean, we, like I said, we're approaching 95 or 96 episodes that this episode is. But I did the math on what it is. I think the first year in 2016 when we had this podcast. We had something ridif- ridiculous, like seven episodes. And then I think the year after that, maybe it was 20. And then I think in 2018, we had 30. And that's commendable because in 2017 and 2018, like I was recovering from mm-hmm. a car accident. So I was like loopy on medication most of the time. I'm afraid <laughs> to go back and even listen to those podcasts. I'll <laughs> be really slow. Now that, I, <laughs> now that I think about it, because I just remember feeling like talking and feeling like I was underwater. If you listen to those episodes, feel free to speed them up. <laughs> right. You can put me on two times. <laughs> exactly. You can put me on two times the speed because yeah. I was just a space cadet. But this this year, we've like had an episode every week. Like yeah. Gail and I have hustled. We may not have done everything else that we needed to do, but for the most part, every week you had something to listen to. We had book re- recommendations to give you and we had guests. So we had, we've had like 37 episodes this year. Yeah. So we'll finish off. We should finish off with like 50-51. Yay us. That's great. So there's that. Yay yeah. us. All right. So yes. tell your friends. We're going to skip uh, what we're reading now because we are recording this on the heels of a recent episode. So we don't have anything new to report. I think we can wrap Gail's it up still now. at work. I ran home to record this. So yeah, when I say so. that we're recording on the edges of our time, <laughs> we really are. Yes. Yes, so, we yeah. are. All right. So we're going to sign off. Um, thanks, as always, for listening to the show. Please, 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 please leave us a review. Leave us comments. Connect with us on Facebook, Instagram. Let us know you're out there. It really helps. And until next time, happy reading. We hope you've enjoyed this episode of The Readerly Report. You can find all of our shows on iTunes or at thereaderlyreport.com. Please join our Facebook group, Readerly Report Readers, where you can talk to other listeners about their reading life. You can also find Nicole at nicolebonia.com and me, Gail, at everydayiwritethebookblog.com. Finally, we'd love it if you left us a review on iTunes and told your book-loving friends about us. Thanks. Thanks.